Sibs, the podcast that challenges three siblings to take a look at our childhood movie cabinet and one film at a time criticize or defend the viewing choices we made as kids. I'm your host and the youngest, Gray Baker. I'm Holland and I'm the oldest. I'm Allegra and in limbo we're politically correct. I'm a tooth person. (laughs) This fucking movie, dude. This movie was a movie, technically. Technically this was a movie. (laughs) I... Drank a couple beers last night upon recommendation from Holland to like maybe not be high for this, but drink for this. So I drank two beers and then, uh, actually, I think I had three, three beers. And then I was like, eh, maybe I'll still get a little high. And so <laughs> I did that as well. And then I got too tired and watched it this morning completely sober (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't just that i was too tired i I was 48 seconds into the movie and meg looks up from her computer and shouts this is the quality (laughs) so that's when i stopped it and accepted that i'd be watching it this morning by yourself oh man i have i have a pretty Decent sized TV. Oh god, I'm really curious to know what this looked like on your TV. It was super stretched out. <laughs> like no one had identifiable facial features. <laughs> the, the, the AI was doing its best, to, but it was a blurry nightmare. Yeah, I watched it like yesterday, I mean, sober, because I had some free time. And yeah, I mean, like it's not the worst quality, like movie ripped and put on the YouTube thing I've watched in my life, but it wasn't, like, good either. It's it's better on, like, indoor scenes that are well lit. It's so (laughs) bad in the limbo desert. The limbo desert? Because I bet you that they also had a weird filter on that originally. Even on a regular television, there were hardly any discernible features for any of the humans. Um, Yeah. And I think this podcast is just becoming what in like what level of intoxication do I need to be to watch the next one? <laughs> it's a great experiment at this point. And like, I don't know, this certainly didn't help, but as soon as we were done watching Toothless, we watched Turning Red, which you want to talk about pristine quality. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's the new is it Disney Pixar or just Disney? It's a new Disney movie. You would love it. It's adorable. So what we do each week is one of us has to present a movie to be critiqued while the other two score based on five specific categories. Each week's score will be added up and at the end of each season, the sibling with the most points will be labeled master of the remote control while the loser will be forced to do some sort of punishment. This week is a redo for Allegra because we did watch and record a episode for Snow Day 
but it was corrupted on my end. Sorry, Allegra, um, <laughs> because that movie was actually pretty good. And what we were left with was, ironically enough, Allegra's pick in our master draft, 1997's Toothless. A movie yep. that looked, <laughs> felt, and acted like a shitty 90s sitcom. This movie, I was so upset. You were like, I, I play the fucking clip, Holland, where you're like, Toothless is chosen, and you're like, that's equivalent. It is not equivalent to Snow Day. I don't know if I said that. I don't know what kind of budget this movie had, but the entire time I was thinking, Kirstie Alley, like, what? What what did you accept? Like, how much money were you given? Because it can't have been that much. I'm confused as to why they thought that this... Like, why were... Like, how was this a kid's movie? Like, who came up with this idea for our wonderful world of dis? Like, I... I have so many questions yeah, about it, this movie. <laughs> especially the look of Limbo. It's, this movie felt like Limbo. Yeah, it felt like being in limbo and being punished. <laughs> limbo felt like a very 1997 uh-huh. aesthetic, uh, like a music yeah. video. It's like the Shania Twain that don't impress me much music video setting. Or like when Bill and Ted die. Like, it's just ripping off other things. I Yeah, I kept thinking, like, this movie is trying to be like a combination of Beetlejuice and the Santa Claus, and doing both of those things very poorly. Kirstie Alley is not selling it. No. She is not. She's phoning it. She's not a good actress. (laughs) Also, did they only have one camera? There's such (laughs) long shots with no cuts. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Could they not afford an editor at all? Like some scenes could be yeah, they would just, fine. They would just push in like shakily. Instead yeah. of cutting, yeah. it would just be like, okay, I'm gonna walk up to this trailer this door. This movie looked very low budget. Very low I'm budget. I'm like, did they not hire an editor? Because there there's so much of this that could have just just like this is what's on the tape. Put it together. <laughs> Just a little bit of editing would have made this, like, watchable. Yeah. But it's just long, painful, silent scenes. Like, at the end, when they're in the freaking theater for some reason. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) I was was pretty high. And when the scene ended, I was like, what the fuck? Why are there children in costume? I don't understand what's going on. Like, why? Like, this is a, like, nobody set up a play. Like, I'm, anyway, Gray, have you read the description for this yet? Great segue. So what this movie is about, for those who are confused or didn't watch, um, those lucky few, a a dentist is cast into limbo after her death in a bike accident and is given the assignment to act as the tooth fairy as her action to be admitted into heaven. That doesn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) movie made no sense this movie's bad this movie's not good i will do my best to see if i can find a fair score and highlight any possible redeeming qualities but i just want to know what was snow day like 76 points 
I don't know if it was that 72? high. 72? It was I, in the somewhere in maybe I, 74. I, okay. I just know concretely what I'm losing. <laughs> if yeah. I had just gotten Toothless right off the bat, I had gotten Toothless. But no, I had gotten Snow Day, and then we tragically lost Snow Day by no one's fault, except like an act of God or a witch <laughs> I cursed. I don't know. Someone who's on my side I'm this just, year. <laughs> I'm, gr- I'm just hopeful I still have enough padding from a really strong start to the year that this doesn't, like, crush me like Grace 2 did. <laughs> I I was saying earlier, this might be comparable to a Grease 2 kind of score. It is, like, <laughs> over 30 minutes shorter than Grease 2. <laughs> that does help. But I will say, I checked the time on this way more than I think I checked the time on Grease 2. All right. I called... For an hour and 23 minutes, I felt all of them. I, okay. Let's... That may not be true. It may feel like that because you watched this more recently than Grease 2. I, that's true. I may, I might have checked the time the same amount of times, but I, che- I feel like that's still... The same amount of times for an hour and 23 and a two hour is still like, that's like way more for an hour and 23 minutes. I still movie. think the fact that this is under an hour and a half makes it much less painful than that's Grease true. 2. And that's there are true. no I will musical say numbers. I agree. That's true. No musical numbers is a yeah. huge bonus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just Guys, keep that in speaking mind. Speaking of musical numbers, that are unnecessary. I mean, Grease 2 is a musical, so they're necessary. But I started watching Riverdale again against my no. best judgment. No. Um, no. I watch it once a year when they drop seasons on Netflix because it's like a train wreck. I can't stop watching, but I can only do it like once a year. And one of the episodes opened with the back to school song from Grease 2. What? And I was like, this from show. Grease- Two? Yes, the show keeps getting more and more batshit. They're using a Grease 2 song to signify that they're going back to school. And I'm like, this is a nightmare show. Evidenced Why? by the fact that they're using a Grease 2 song. It was so weird. Why? I don't know. Because Riverdale's batshit. I watched the Mike's Mike where he explains all the plot points in season three. And I'm like, I this show is wild. It's, and they also have a lot of unnecessary dumb musical numbers that I hate so much. I was just going to say, it's so batshit to the point where I'm like, why does this have to be Archie Comics? Uh, it's a, it doesn't, it yeah, barely no, has any ties no to it at this point. There's no relevance whatsoever. Just the but character But one of my favorite or least favorite things about Riverdale, because Meg definitely had a phase and... I'm not going to sit here and act like I didn't sit down and watch it with her. <laughs> because as bad as it is... It sucks you in. It does. It, it really it's, does. It's. I think it's my ultimate like hate watch show. It's unhinged. Because I I, you have to know it. what happened. I watched the first two seasons. Yeah. But what I was going to say is that they have like absolutely ridiculous plot lines. Yeah. Like super out there. But they're always resolved in three episodes. So that you have like nine like very like intense or like crazy fucking out there plot lines just in one season so it feels like a millennium yeah each season that there's like a serial killer and a cult and a murder plot and 
like uh, this and that. And, and the like, taxidermy talking to the, the, yeah, the taxidermy corpse of her dead brother. Like, yeah. that's part of the and cult like, storyline. Oh, it's been two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately. These kids need therapy. There's an alien Mothman plotline in season five. So I'm mining through that right now. <laughs> in addition oh, to another serial. There's always a serial killer. Another serial killer. Although the serial killer could have overlap with the Mothman alien shit. I don't know yet. I haven't gotten there. Our apologies to the West Virginians. Um, That's where Mothman comes from. Mm. But unfortunately, this is not the Riverdale podcast. Um, Tweet at us if you would prefer if we do that. Um, Um, (laughs) Listen to Caitlin Riley's Riverdale podcast. I think it's called the Riverdale Register. Go look that up. Um, shout but, out to Caitlin. Um, but I feel like talking about how batshit Riverdale is uh, would be more fun than talking about Toothless. Yeah, I think we're just focusing on something that maybe we can get more enthused about. But let's get these <laughs> scores. Yeah, let's let's get through it. Uh, this movie came out October fifth, nineteen ninety seven. Holland was five. Allegra was basically three, and I was nine months old. Um, it didn't come out in theaters, so we didn't see it in theaters. Um, did it definitely played we on ask TV a lot. Either of our parents, if they had seen or remembered no. this movie, I doubt they know what this is. I didn't even ask. I'm not even going to. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Um, I my pre-watch scores are also not very vast. If we want to jump over, well, to get that into too. your notes, your pre-watch notes first. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. My pre-watch notes. Um. So, yeah, I barely had any recollection of this movie. I, like, remembered Kirstie Alley dies and becomes the Tooth Fairy. I remembered the kid. I thought the kid was in Quince, but Jake Epstein is the guy in Quince. But I think this guy was, like, this was, like, a child actor who made the rounds. Um, And, like, I knew she befriended this child as the Tooth Fairy, and that's basically all I remembered about this movie. I also have maybe the shortest notes I've ever had. <laughs> Kirstie Alley dies and is in purgatory. She has to do community service by being the tooth fairy. She befriends young boys <laughs> and then gets to come back to life. That's it. I did not remember. Guys, I did not remember the end of this movie, so I was like very surprised by the <laughs> I was like, oh, we'll get into it. I do vaguely remember the scene where she's in a room when she's in the room with many of the boys and one of them can't see her. I didn't remember that. I feel like I remembered upon watching it. I definitely remembered the scene where the girl like tied her tooth to the door and like she was too afraid to do it. But then like the mom pulled it without knowing it. And she was like, oh, cool. Like I didn't remember that before the movie, but I remembered that like as it was happening, I was like, this is a visceral memory for me for some reason. Yeah, there were a handful of moments where my brain was like, you know exactly how this is going to sound. Like Kirstie Alley inflections on certain lines. And I'm like, why? I don't think we saw this movie that much, but I guess enough that things stuck in my brain. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I also, I'm like, I remember liking this movie and that upon rewatch, I don't know why. <laughs> there was definitely a moment where I was like, oh, we would re- watch this part a lot because it made us laugh so much. And I really don't know why. <laughs> I'm curious to know what part you're talking about. Cause I didn't, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I laughed a couple times, but mostly cause things were dumb. <laughs> yeah. 
But Gray, you can go ahead. I remember the elevator and the stairway to heaven, and that's it. I'm on I don't think I've seen this movie in its entirety. Interesting. All right. So those nostalgia points are going to be rip, rock, and roaring <laughs> for me. Well, should we get into the yeah. pre-argument scores? Might as well. I saw a lot Let's of twos. <laughs> All right. Nostalgia, I have a two. I also have a two. Sit through, I also have a two. Now, this will be surprising. I had a seven. What? Wow. It started at it started at about a two, and as the movie went on, I enjoyed it more. Hey. Wow. Mainly because I was enjoy I was kind of enjoying its stupidity. It is wow. Really fucking I was not. stupid. <laughs> Appropriate for children, I have a six. I might be able to be argued on that one. I had a nine. Um, hold up, I have a... I don't, I don't know what, what, what is holding back your appropriate for children. She's like a perv. We'll get into it. We'll yeah. get into it. That brought down my hold up score, for sure. Uh, and also, I don't think, like, this movie was confused. Like, the it starts off of, like, a single woman in her 30s. Like, she, like... Look at the focused on her career and like none of like all like none of that stuff I saw is like, th- yeah the kids will love this. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I I really yeah. have to talk about how confused I was by the entire plot of the movie, but we'll get into it. And yeah, hold up, I have a four. I have a six. And can we follow? I have a three. I also have a three. Yeah, except for that surprise <laughs> seven and nine, about what I expected. Um, if it, I mean, just to help organize my brain, I think I'm gonna want to tackle each category in order. Well, I was just gonna, we can do that, but I was also just gonna kick off the conversation by saying, what was the point of this movie? Go. <laughs> so. I did not watch this movie alone. And it did start out very much like, you work too much. Okay. okay. You movie put starts out there. I got to rewind. You're going to die alone if you don't try harder. Right. And so the person I was watching this with was like, why does she need to find a husband at all? She seems to be killing it. Is she really unhappy? And I'm like, the 90s thinks she was required to have a man. Here, her friend says, I'm working. I'm married. I'm happy. Oh, that's all you need. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but no, I have to walk myself through this. So the movie starts out super fucking dark on the one year anniversary of this child's father's death. And she goes well, to no. the... Oh, yeah, that's true. It starts off in a flashback, which is also confusing. It's like, okay, here's a flashback to the one-year anniversary of my father's death. Instead of going to the graveyard, what I, which I thought this was going, she's going to the dentist. And she's, like, really into being in the dentist and has a cool dentist. Psychopath. Great. And then, flash forward, she is a dentist. And they vaguely imply that children hate the dentist. And she was weird for liking the dentist. This is not emphasized enough yeah. for 
her being in limbo. Because that's the thing. It's like, oh, you were a great person, but the only reason you're in limbo is because you're a dentist. Yeah. Which means you caused pain. But the movie gets resolved with her, like, connecting with children and finding, like, <laughs> love and humanity in children. And I'm like, how is that related to her being a dentist and loving all. the dentist. How is that related to dentistry? Is she going to quit being a dentist because she loves kids now? I feel like there should have been way more sprinkled in about her knowledge about teeth. Because she's a fucking dentist and she becomes a tooth fairy. And she, like, not even like, oh, wow, you're an incisor. Or, like, some, like, there was nothing between the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie about dentistry. <sighs> That was confusing. It's like they, it's like someone was at Disney was like, we got to make a made for TV movie. And someone was like, okay, I don't have any ideas. And he watched Little Shop of Horrors and got to the Steve Martin song where he, it's all about like, you're a terrible, cruel, vicious child. One day you're going to grow up to be a dentist. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. And they basically stole that idea, made it worse somehow got Kirstie Alley who must have been on like rough times what happened no you idea. were in cheers you were in it takes two you Look were like talking yeah you were Look who's talking too you were making decent Look movie money now what is happening this is not <laughs> why did you accept this role did like I can't decide whether or not all of the movie's budget went to getting Kirstie Alley or Kirstie Alley just like really needed some fucking work yeah, I have no idea, man. Listen, she's canceled. Like, she is, like, a, a crazy right-winger, scary, crazy person. But, like, she had a career in the 90s. Yeah. What was this decision? I don't know. And it's also confusing because, like, the whole beginning of the movie is, like, setting up, like, if you don't try hard enough or put yourself out there or, like, live your life, you're going to die alone. And then she immediately dies after that. So you're like... Well, fuck. I guess she did. That's sad. <laughs> this movie is too dark. It's like you can talk about death in children's movies, and Disney has done it very well to varying degrees. But it's like, boom, your father's dead. Boom, <laughs> you're dead. You have to watch your best friend clean out your apartment. Your best friend is so sad. Also, apparently, you never really loved any of the people in your life. So now that's the lesson yeah, we so have to teach you. It was so confusing. That's what I was the most confused over is like, so what is the reason she's in limbo? Is it the dentistry or is it never loving anybody? Is it like, they did kind of redeem the whole you won't be happy unless you're married because then they kind of turned it into like you didn't even really love your friends because you didn't listen to them or spend time with them or, and i'm like okay i can accept that you know i can accept like the general love umbrella explanation sure yes but he said, you know, it was like Rogers, whatever the fuck her name was, was like, it's because you're a dentist, done and done. <laughs> like, you know, no harping on it. Not even like a, wait, but people love the dentist. No, they don't. It was just like, yeah. she accepted her fate. I know. And was like, it was no questions asked. It wasn't even like, wait, people don't like the dentist? I always loved the dentist. None of, no explanation. It was... You were a dentist. Well, that sucks. And then that's that. I, and then later, Raul was like, 
No, that's not why you're actually here. That's what she told you? No, it's because you never loved. So, like, then she tries to learn love, and they're like, you're going to hell. You broke the rules. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that down, too. It's like this. Yeah, that was also such whiplash where it's like, you're going down in the elevator now. You failed. Like, fuck you. And then she all of a sudden just wakes up and it's like, it was all a dream. She gets a second chance. No, no, no. I have. And I have questions about <laughs> that. All right, hold on. I have to. I have serious questions about it. I'm sorry, like, are you No, I have to jump in. First of all, the, like, one of the few notes I wrote was, all right, confirmed that reality is just hell. Like, hell is is just what reality is. Like, we are living in hell. Okay. So, this is the only way this makes sense to me. Uh, like, also, like, first tangent is, girl, defend your pr- pr- your profession. Yeah. Why would you just accept this? Yeah. This was, like, your you love. You loved this. this. You loved your dad. You loved this since you were a child. You should your be- dad went to heaven. You have confirmation on that. And he was a dentist. And also, his partner, you also watched him walk up the stairway to heaven while you were in limbo, too. Like, clearly, there's precedent for dentists going to heaven. You have two examples right in front of you. I know, but it's also the precedent that all dentists have to go to limbo first because inherently they're dentists. Right. So this is how... I have to think about it. Um, there has to be a lot of head cannoning. Rogers, <laughs> the bitchy limbo worker, a like manager or whatever, is is not just a limbo worker, but is like, what is his name? Raul? Who's the dance teacher? I don't remember his name. Uh, she is also that's Raul. Okay, she is also trying to work her way to heaven, and she's just been there for too long. She's just like she's also someone who's stuck there. Yeah, and. In her life as a human, fucking hated dentists. So I think she just sees dentists and assumes, oh, you're here because you're a dentist. Because every dentist goes to limbo first. And in actuality, she's just so biased against dentists that her paperwork actually says needs to accept love in her life. Because maybe the the movie could have set it up better that because she loved dentistry so much... She actually ignored all the other love in her life. In her life yeah. I guess. Honestly, in the beginning where she's like, hello, little girl. Are you ready for, to take a ride in my big white chair? Weird phrasing. <laughs> Hated it. <laughs> and the girl runs away screaming. If that little girl had actually been like, yes, I love you, doctor. Then maybe it could have been like, see, she were, I don't know. This movie fucking sucks This so movie hard. made absolutely no sucks. sense. Okay. Great. I'd well, love to hop I, back to your timeline conversation because I I will do that but I did want to say one thing on Allegra's head cannon Mm -hmm. I first of all I'll accept it 100% I can that can help me make sense of this movie but I guess just to kind of fixate for a second on Rogers I wonder if she did you know to be there for so long because it seemed like she was there longer than Raul just based on her yeah. Well, you know, personality, her mood. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she did something in her life as damning as Raul as just being sick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm forever. like, why? Raul, I, yeah. It seemed that's like, just the, like, that's your punishment. It seemed like the I, only reason he was there was because he was sick. I'm like, that I was, was not explained at all. I'm like, maybe he's just a liar and he's not telling us why he's really there. That was confusing as well. It's impossible because yeah, he's like, oh, why am I in limbo for this long? I had cancer. Yeah, like, oh, great. Like, Jesus. Like, what the fuck does that 
at me. Maybe Rogers. Yeah, Rogers must have been so much was worse this by weird, being like, like the head of a a homeless shelter. Was this or, weird you know, subliminal that, Scientology messaging that like maybe he like used Western medicine or okay. like relied on medication for his cancer and that's why he's in limbo or something? Because isn't Kirstie Alley Scientologist? Okay, important context. The person I watched this with was like, wow, this really reminds me of like vacation Bible school videos. What? What? He's he was like, there is a lot in this movie of like similar visuals about heaven and hell and morality that is giving evangelical Yikes. children's movies. Well, what does and that have to do with being sick? I don't know, but like, <laughs> I like I don't know. It's like we didn't grow up like that Christian. Like the closest nah. we got was some Veggie Tale VHSs <laughs> our cousins showed us. So, I did go to Vacation Bible School as a child, but I'm just saying that like I don't really remember it. I don't know. It's like I know that some people like join those churches when they're sick, and instead of going to the doctor, they just they pay the preacher money to do to like speak in tongues and cure their illness. And I'm like, is he punished for using Western medicine? Like you said, Holland. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, is this confusing. a weird, like, hyper-evangelical? Because there's heaven and hell. It is distinctly, like, this is a Christian yeah. god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, the timeline. Okay, back to the timeline. <laughs> so let me just get this straight. Kirstie Alley gets hit by a bike. And there's also Very a car dangerous. nearby, and she dies. Um, and then for an indiscernible amount of time, but let's just say like three weeks, maybe a she's month a tooth or fairy, so? and is like maybe a month, and is like you know turning this town upside down with just reckless behavior of like. Oh, the one rule I was told is to not contact. Or sorry, the three rules I was told. Only go down at night. Yeah. Take the tooth and exchange it for a coin. Don't make contact with anybody. And she just immediately goes against those two two of the three rules. Like, without, eh, like, reckless abandon. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> whatever. It doesn't matter. But anyways, does all of that. Goes to hell. But it's actually a second chance, and she comes back to life the moment she would have otherwise died. Yes. So she was like, in her timeline, was gone for a minute, maybe. She was like you knocked know, like out. Maybe a yeah. minute. Yeah. I, but then, yeah. But then she just immediately is like, I gotta go to work, <laughs> and just leaves the scene of a crime. <laughs> Obviously, she's not the suspect, but just like, just leaves. Yeah. And goes back to work, and her first client is Bobby, who remembers her, and then he pull, she pulls his tooth, and then doesn't remember her, and then the, the, baby the dad remembers her. Yeah. I have... And so you're like, wait, hold on. So did she, like, go back in time? And, like, so, like, she was technically the tooth fairy while she was still alive? Or, like... Or... It was like a separate yeah. reality, but then the the memories come back with her. Or I have uh, another. It was I yeah. have another potential. I honestly, right? I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it Same. during this conversation because I was just like, "Thank God this movie's over. I don't have to think about it anymore." But it is so confusing, and I know that they in Limbo they established that like 
time doesn't move normally, but like clearly time it, on Earth has passed. Yeah. that would like solidify her place in time. I have because a... she communicates with humans every fucking day. <laughs> yeah. During her time as the Tooth Fairy, there are like very concrete timestamps of her. We could probably pull you know, up all those newspaper articles and prove okay. timestamps. <laughs> I might have a potential. There is reporting. I might have another potential headcanon. I might have another potential headcanon. <laughs> it's just an okay. explanation. It's a lot looser. But are you. All right, Gray, you watched it this morning sober. Like, is it for sure that the dad recognized her as the tooth fairy or just thought she was a hot doctor? No, he, he said, said, it's you. It's you. Fuck. All right. So the best I can come up with is. And, and, hold on, hold on. And before she pulled the tooth, Bobby was like, Catherine. Catherine. Blah, 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 no, 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 blah. I know. Yeah. I know. And then he goes, yoink. And she's like. Of course I know you. You're my new dentist. Like, that's it. I know. So this is the best idea I can come up with. So it all happens. And these children and adults in that theater are basically shown magic is real. Yeah. So she goes back and, like, she wakes up in her, like, post-dead, not-dead bike accident. (laughs) And, like... Bobby and all those other kids and all those adults woke up thinking like, oh, time has changed. Was it all a dream? But they were able to confirm with each other all that happened. But they also got sent back in time to that same morning. They have all the memories of the events, but time has also gone backwards for everyone else involved. But they have the memories. So she shows But then up. wouldn't they still have the baby teeth that they had lost? That's what I'm saying, Holland. They do have all the baby teeth they lost. But what there about was this kid? He there... pulled his last one. No, but here's the thing. There's no holes or gaps in his face. <laughs> the entire children's town, all the children in the town... Like, take a fucking newspaper photo of gaps, massive gaps in their mouths. And he shows up to the dentist, not missing a single fucking tooth. But Time. no, but no, yeah, but, but if he, but, but no, but if she, but she pulled his last baby teeth. If he went back to the moment that he met her, he still would have had multiple because he lost at least like two in the time that he met her. And so that doesn't make sense for the timeline. Well, either uh, because. Yeah. He, like, it's not like he, like, woke up and was like, what happened? Pulled out a bunch of teeth and then, like, went to the dentist. <laughs> just saved the one life. I'm telling you, I told you it was loose. Also, like, now, like, also I have questions about, much? I still have more questions about the pulling of the last baby tooth. This kid got expelled from school oh, for my causing, God. like, a tooth fairy cult at the school and he goes to the dentist pulls out his last tooth and he doesn't remember a thing he's gonna go back to school and all of these kids who have (laughs) rallied around him are gonna be like talking about the tooth fairy he's like what the fuck are you talking like what are the repercussions i mean i guess i'm assuming like as time goes on they'll all lose the rest of their baby teeth and no one will remember but those adults in the theater will remember i don't know it's so that's what that's what I was thinking. So, remember, in the theater, 
she made herself visible to all the adults who don't have any baby teeth. And they, st- like the dad at least, remembered her after she went back. Why does Bobby just suddenly not remember as soon as his baby teeth is pulled? Because didn't she basically break that barrier? New theory. <laughs> New theory. Everything I said was correct where everyone's like mind gets like everyone's transported back in time. But for some reason, all the teeth shit remains <laughs> because teeth is a special magical property. So it's his last baby tooth. Maybe it's just like we're to presume his like him and all the other kids in town have like giant tooth gaps in their mouths also remember just like losing teeth what a horrifying concept that everyone goes through i was through. also wondering i'm like all of these kids are like 12 and it's i'm trying really to, old i feel like that's really old to still have like a lot of baby teeth right i don't know like yeah, i feel like that's I, when I you're mean, probably losing the last i lost them. mine really I got, late hmm? yeah i got so i had to get my last baby tooth pulled um in order to get braces same. and i got braces in eighth grade same I had it was like but half. remember that would be that would be seventh grade age yeah so like seventh grade is about 12 13 yeah but they had a so lot of baby but they had that a was lot. my last baby tooth and it had to be pulled it wasn't coming out like on its own yet yeah how old were you when you lost your first tooth do you remember the first tooth no you lost? idea I lost the first two teeth I've lost two teeth at once the first time my two bottom like middle teeth. One of them, when I was brushing my teeth, I remember. It's a very vivid memory for me. I remember, I think it was at Meadowood 1. I know when my first tooth was, was lost, but I don't remember it. Oh, yeah, right. I you lost I was dropped it. as a baby. I oh, right. God, Gray used to have a gap in his teeth for, like, years. <laughs> I forgot about that. It was that. an iconic. So, we had a babysitter who dropped me <laughs> and smacked my face on a coffee table when I was, Explains like, a lot. one and a half. <laughs> And I had just, it was like, you know, your two front teeth on the top. The one like the, right next to it. The one right to, next to it yeah. was just non-existent until I was about eight or nine. And ironically enough, that was the same tooth that had to be pulled to get my braces. Like on the other side? No, the same like pull one. It out that like so took it could forever grow. to go in. Oh, to grow in. Interesting. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Because the one that took forever to grow in was my adult tooth. I'm getting mixed gotcha. up. Gotcha. So, so the one that had to be pulled was on the other when side. When Gray would draw self-portraits of himself, he would draw his mole and a gap tooth. Yeah. I yeah, forgot yeah. about that. I forgot about that, too. It's been a while, man. That was, like, iconic Gray. And now we don't even see the mole because <laughs> Gray has a beard. Gray. <laughs> Missing tooth and a mole. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wow, this kind of, like, that just brought back memories I had completely <laughs> same because it was like a major part of my that was your identity yeah was like nine <laughs> was just like yeah i don't have this fucking tooth because of like amy or whatever the fuck her name was i don't remember mom will have to confirm which yeah. babysitter dropped you honestly i'm suspicious that mom and dad made up that babysitter and it maybe actually was one of them. <laughs> i'm sure as soon as mom listens to this part of the podcast she will confirm or deny her lie that she told that it was actually a babysitter but listen mom, if, I'm if, on to you, all right? if it was on one of you. them you don't think like they would have admitted that they, after this many years of divorce you don't think that would have come up even once <laughs> i don't um, know it's a pretty brutal honest it's a pretty brutal truth to have to expose well she talked about how our grandma dropped one of us 
I don't remember which one. Was it gray still? I don't know. I ran into a big post at the pub when I was a child, so we all hit our heads. And you were a, a straight times. A student. <laughs> dad hit me in the head with a lacrosse ball. Well, maybe it wasn't dad, but yeah. I I got hit in the head up by a lacrosse ball at one of dad's games when I was a child. <laughs> wow, you were old enough. Like you were alive when dad was still playing his own lacrosse games. <laughs> I mean, he played soccer when we were still I remember him playing soccer. Anyway. None of this is relevant. Okay. My point is that perhaps because teeth are such magical and properties in this universe, it's like everyone got sent back in time, but the teeth could not be affected. Like, you could send everyone back in time, uh, but you can't, like, make their teeth grow back. So she did pull his last baby tooth. Allegra, because the tooth bank still has exactly it. the tooth bank is like fuck your redemption. These are still our teeth. Because the tooth bank we, exists in dude, limbo. We paid. They paid for those teeth. They could have made this redemption thing make so much more sense. Where like they could have seen like the good she was doing, and also like the teeth she was raking in, and that be like the moment. That like redeems her and allows her to like have a second chance or like that something. is what happens. No, they they're like fuck you. You've broken the rules. You get one week to like be better, and then she immediately breaks the rules again. And then they bring her in, and she's like, "It's r- I'm sh- crazy. I believe it is implied that she did all this good work, and so they're like, I guess we'll give you another chance. It was not." explicitly laid i thought she yeah, was going to hell and i was like i don't remember this i know it's like it's only implied because she gets to go live again i think you could interpret it saying that jokes on you viewers watching reality reality is hell this is punishment divine punishment is no magic all reality do it again <laughs> until you get it right which brings me to hopefully a fun thing we can talk about. There is a list of all of the magical creatures who are really just people in limbo. Okay, I wrote down, wouldn't the Easter Bunny be an annual job? Or does he travel through time to every Easter? Or does he actually have daily duties that we just don't know about? I was confused about why the Easter Bunny was a job. So listen, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna (laughs) scroll through YouTube to try and find the whole list. But I think, we could even make a ranking of what is the best and worst limbo job. Cause I do believe that Santa is maybe one of the best limbo jobs. It comes with high prestige. Lots of people love him, but it's a lot of work. You got to build toys all year round. You have to do all of the Christian world in one night. Does um, that mean elves are limbo people too? I have no idea. <laughs> so do you have to like pay your dues as an elf before you can like work your way up to Santa or sorry <laughs> Santa has been filled the best we can do is elf until this Santa goes to heaven yeah I don't know man I guess it's whatever we want okay I'm in the flying scene I'm trying to find oh my god the freaking green screen flying through the cities scenes were so bad they looked horrible horrible and i know we were watching it was just at like a lower front of a quality fucking green screen and what was intended oh that does not matter 
But that does not matter. It was bad. That quality. Even taking that into consideration. Was so bad. It's such bullshit because like. Um, while we wait for Allegra to pull up this list, um, I just want to go through, I think the most realistic part of this movie, genuinely. And that is the depiction of the American schooling system. Um, First of all, it is very accurate that the smaller kid who's about a foot smaller and 60 pounds lighter is actually the bully. (laughs) Um, They hate fat kids. Um, And the fact that three kids get into a fight and Bobby's the one that gets punished. Yeah. That's about right. <laughs> and then when a child is clearly developing some sort of like, you know, mental hallucinations over the trauma of his mother dying. Yeah. They're like, he's a problem. He needs to go. He needs to be Instead expelled. Instead of like, let's help this child. They're like, let's get him out of here and blame his father. I'm like, why is everyone so upset about the fact that this child believes in the tooth fairy? I understand that he's like like, inspiring kids. But it's exactly, it's like, yeah, it's not great that kids are like forcing teeth out of their mouth, but they're baby teeth. They're going to lose them anyway. Like, they're not being that unsafe in the ways that they're doing this. If you feel like a child is causing mayhem at school why is your reaction expel the child yeah not like let's send him to the guidance counselor at the very least why are you trying to like eliminate a child from society why is that your answer that's so extreme also i feel like his dad really doesn't talk to him about this at all no like he's like what are you doing and then he's like gotta go to work (laughs) like (laughs) this dad is a douche yeah this dad is such a like it's also it's also pretty ironic that the like antagonists were a bunch of Karens and then Kirstie Alley became who she is. Yeah. Listen, that's pretty I, full circle. I'm tempted to make a TikTok video about like, did you suffer having a douche father? Okay. This is completely off topic, but I just read something in my notes too. That makes things more confusing about the second chance. Because at the very end of the movie, she says, it's clear that my dad had pulled some strings to give me a second chance or something. Oh, was, was like, that clear? Like, how do you know that? Where did this come from? How <laughs> <laughs> is that clear? So confusing. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna come out and say it. She deserved hell. Yes. <laughs> she had no regard for the rules, no. even when she was like literally just going through judgment and got a second chance but they're like but one more infraction you're going to hell and she's like okay leaves and goes i'm gonna break the rules right fucking now yeah as soon as i leave the judgment hall i'm gonna go break the rules and then it's like wait no hold on let me just but i i don't and you're like no fuck you like you were given very clear instructions it was also i think the person she was come on at the beginning of the movie did not really align with her like frantic like do act first apologize later vibe she had like maybe it's because she was in limbo and it like threw her off but like 
I feel like for someone who dedicated her life to becoming a dentist, she's got to have at least a, like a little bit of self-discipline and like prides herself on being a good dentist. Type A. Yeah, type A at least a little bit. And then like in limbo, she's just like, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying I agree with the rules of this universe, but you were literally told that like this is what the rule, like this is death. Like, if you don't want to literally go to hell follow the rule like i hate to say it but that's literally how morality and death works in this universe yeah. <laughs> all right i found the community service offices and i forgot that the first one listed is the most wild fucking shit i've ever heard so i'm gonna leave that one for last but okay here are all the offices boogeyman i guess that makes sense a little fucked up but sure yeah but how would that help you get into heaven <laughs> that's what i want Oh, I'm just being a boogeyman. Count as a yeah, good what, what the, is that a lesson that's teaching children? To like, conquer like your those fears? German like fairy tales? Or else? <laughs> Listen, the, the rules of this universe are fucking hardcore. All right, the next one, Cupid. Also right. kind of makes sense. That would be a fun job. Yeah. And that's, you're like, I'm helping people fall in love all right next one sandman i also feel like that's very tooth fairy maybe a little busier that also reminds me of the sabrina the teenage witch episode remember when she like that was literally a community service she did in the other realm she just like helped people fall asleep and she was a sandman but then she took advantage of those powers because you can jump into people's dreams ah a much better okay that episode of television was much better executed and enjoyable than this entire movie all right i've noticed a second absolutely batshit insane item on this list okay. that is very similar to the first one okay i'll skip that and do that later but then it's tooth fairy then easter bunny Again, then i have questions a third one that is still insane which i'll save for last jesus is it father time no no, no. <laughs> father time is the next one but i'm like that's a very powerful one no. Yeah. Father Time and Santa are got to be the most powerful, high prestige. But Father Time might be more powerful. I than think Santa. Father Time is definitely more powerful than Santa. What yeah, if that's reality? What if you are the architect of reality? Yeah. If you are Father Time. What if Raul is Father Time? You're just like time? it's just my nine to what? five till I get to heaven. What if Raul is Father Time, and that's why she gets to go back to the moment of her death? But then everyone also gets to keep the memories and like. I don't He, like, don't converged know. two timelines, I guess. I have Do no idea. Do you know what the last three positions okay, what on this list are? Do you need me to guess? Cinderella, <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, and Snow White. Those had to just be Wait, Easter. what was the second okay, one? I know, I know. You cut out. Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, Snow White. On a logical level, I know those are Easter eggs because this is a wonderful world of Disney movie. But for the the rules of the this rules of this universe, what does that mean? What the fuck is that? That's not Sandman. Uh, that means they're real, dude. What do you mean? <laughs> but like, what service are they providing <laughs> to people? They work at Disneyland. You're telling me that at they Disneyland, at all the Disney parks, when you meet Cinderella, that's just a Your dentist? VHS tapes won't play unless there is a limbo person acting as Cinderella in them. No, I think Gray's idea makes way more sense because you, like... Listen, I don't think it's that far-fetched to assume that all the Disney employees are living in purgatory. <laughs> 
imagine this. This okay, Gray, you've made up an amazing point. You're in purgatory, and they go, "Well, you're a brunette woman who's five foot two, so you can be the Snow White on the Disney cruise, yeah. and that's your fucking public service. And if you fucking make enough children on the Disney cruise happy, you get to go to heaven." I mean, that is a pretty that is like a good community service type of job. You're like entertaining children and keeping magic alive. For and them. unless you're like. Unless you're like a serial killer. <laughs> well, well you, you probably wouldn't get to limbo. What That's good true. do you have to do to, the to balance out serial killer and get to limbo? What the fuck did you have to do? Invent penicillin? Like, what? You you only killed other killers. Okay. <laughs> Dexter serial killer. All right. I do have a candidate. Yeah. I do have a candidate. There's a chemist. Who is a German? Dexter is Snow White in this universe, and that's my headcanon. There was a German chemist in World War One who wanted to create a chemical weapon to kill a lot of people. He did create that chemical weapon, but he also created fast-acting fertilizer that has resulted in the lives of three billion people who would have died of starvation otherwise. That dude's in limbo. Wow, that's wild. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any other notes. Oh, one thing that happened that I think it was just because I wasn't paying attention well enough, but at the beginning of the movie, like the first time she visits Bobby, she like jumps in and is like, can they see me? And there's a woman like tucking Bobby into bed and she like walks out the door and I like assumed it was his mother. And then, and then we find out mom is dead. Is and that I'm a like, ghost? Who? So the whole movie, I thought that that woman was like his mom as like an angel visiting him or something. And it was going to come back somehow. Never did. Wait, no. Because then the next day when they're like at breakfast, he goes like, hey, so I got to stay late. So Mrs. Whatever is going to take you to So I missed soccer. that. I assumed that was like, okay, it's like the maid or the nanny or whatever. So once it was getting toward the end of the movie, I was like, that must have just been like a babysitter or something. And I missed that situation. <laughs> okay, but listen. for a lot were, of this movie, I thought that like, that woman was like a ghost or an angel of the mom or something. Listen, before we knew the mom was dead for sure, the dad was giving off like cruel douche energy where he was like, that did, like who told you that? Mom, silence. I'm like, this dad is going to, like, do so, like get into it with the mom. He's pissed. He's <laughs> furious that she taught this shit to him. And then it's like, mom is dead. I'm like, oh, that was supposed to be sadness? That was supposed to be grief? Also, the fact that Kirstie um, Alley just, like, stalks and spies on the dad for, like, oh the last God. half of this movie. And then they, like, it's implied that they probably end up getting together in the end. That was just, I feel like that came out of nowhere. Because was he, was, was he gross, technically dude. set up like, as being the dude at change. that coffee shop in the beginning? I don't know. All I know is that this movie went from very sad to horny in an instant. Yeah, it was weird. It went from, oh it no. Wasn't, it wasn't the same guy at the coffee shop, I don't think. Like, not the guy that, like, walked up to her and was like, I'm at a bachelor party. But, like, I feel like she looked at someone in a booth and her friend is like, you know, you oh. got to make things happen. And I'm like, were we supposed That's to right. know that I that was the right. same guy? Maybe it was him. Yeah. Maybe. That was not clear. Um, that also might not have been clear because literally our screens were not clear. <laughs> like, I could not see people's faces very well. Um, I don't know if you guys had this thought, but... 
it was before it was established that like, oh, the dad's a good guy. He just works hard or whatever. When he's calling Bobby and he's like, I'm actually going to be like, you know, I'm in a, like doing a meeting. I'll be late. And then they show him and he's like in a restaurant. I'm like, oh, he's a piece of shit. I'm just lying. <laughs> this dude like, fucking sucks. But then the guy sits down and he has a briefcase and I'm like, oh, okay. But at first I'm like... <laughs> Whoa, what a fucking sleazebag. He's like, there's clearly something going on with my son, but like, I don't have like the emotional capacity to deal with it, so I'm just gonna like not be home. This movie is I'm going to I'm going to Chili's with the boys. <laughs> this, yeah. this dad is such a like a barely there barely character. Alright, trying to think of anything good about this about this movie, but like I appreciate when there's an adult who can just have a friendship with a child. They're my friend. It's weird, yeah, though, when s- she's like, those are my friends. I'm like, okay, you're friends with sixth graders. Well, this is also a little weird. Yeah, Consider- I took note. I took note that the fact that this movie is just like an adult who actually listens to kids means this is probably like a millennial's dream. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, all right, all right. On one hand, it's like, I really do appreciate when like adults can just like see a child for what they are, take them seriously, you know, not undermine their intelligence, yeah. listen to them, hear them out, and not make it fucking weird. Like, that's a magical good person. That's true. Maybe that's also part of why I liked this movie as a kid. Yeah. The other side to that coin is this is a woman who's living a life in which adults literally can't see her, so she has no choice but to befriend <laughs> children. And if she was the tooth fairy for a long time, it would maybe get to the point where all of her friends would eventually forget who she is, and she would go crazy from loneliness and sadness. Yeah, this could have been a different movie if it weren't this- a wonderful world of Disney movie. It maybe wanted to be. Yeah, I'm confused on how this even made it through. Um. Guys, I like if you if we want to find some positives in this movie. Positive number one, at least in my opinion, the most consistent bright spot of this movie is Trevor. Oh yeah, Bobby's friend. I do yes. like Trevor. I think he's I also him. in Little Giants, so we will I see think him he again. He did look familiar. At all costs. Yes, Trevor's precious. Yeah. Love Trevor. I loved Carrie, and I loved Carrie and her friend's outfits. They were fucking Oh, yeah, they were killing it. All the kids point. who weren't Bobby were pretty great. Yeah. Honestly, I also, I wrote down, I really liked the kid who couldn't see her. Like, when they were yeah. on the sleepover, I thought he did a yeah. really good job in that scene where he's like, what are you, who are you talking to? And then, like, when she leaves, he's like, what did I miss? <laughs> like, I thought he did a good job. <laughs> oh, great. I have a question for yeah, you. Yeah, I... As yeah. our resident boy, um, <laughs> were you ever a situation where, like, you and your best friend are getting hunted down by bullies, and suddenly it's like, all right, the only way to clear this up, sleepover. Let's go, boys. <laughs> Do you really expect me to have an answer to this? Or are you just setting me up so you can say that statement? I'm just curious to see if boys really became enemies to friends via sleepover. It sounds so pure and innocent and delightful. I mean, honestly, kind of. I feel yeah. like that could that happened. I feel like that could happen. It was more birthday party, yeah. than it would be like sleepover. But sometimes those like became one thing. Where it's like an unlikely, like, in an unlikely event, we've all been smushed together. Even though technically we don't like each other at school, but now we're in this like other setting. Yeah, you're mixing worlds, and then like. And, like, sometimes it only lasts for that sleepover where you and that one person you, like, never talk to, like, actually become friends. 
But like sometimes it can last longer than that. Who knows? Two worlds, one yeah. family. 100%. <laughs> yeah, the politics um, of us. I also sleepover, love man. that. I don't know if you noticed this, but on the typewriter, like it would be like this person in Osaka, this person is in Paris, this person is in London, and then every time <laughs> it would be like Bobby or Bobby's friends, it just said USA. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not determined past the country <laughs> and if anything the u.s you yeah. gotta get specific yeah honestly and also like how coincidental that it's all taking place in the same town where she lived yeah yeah very coincidental listen there's something in the water they it's like they <laughs> the town didn't put fluoride in there their teeth are just rotting out of their skulls um i gotta say I don't know if any of my scores have changed. I don't know if you want to do final arguments or if you want to hone in on anything. My- uh, don't forget. What about what about the black and white montage when she's going down the elevator? <laughs> Is that a positive in your eyes? God Holland? damn. You mean the montage where they just showed the events of the movie again, like a Mary-Kate and Ashley movie? You want to know exactly. You want to know what I hate. A big pet peeve of mine is when we watch a movie and they show flashbacks of the movie we literally just watched. I thought we were we had escaped that after Mary Kate Nashley after March Kate Nashley, but we did not. Um. So here, I okay. I, I have one oh, wait, more hold thing. On. Another bright spot. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, go I'm for arguing go. for you. Please Olivia. do. Please I don't do. Mean to interrupt. But the actual the most like emotionally successful i guess like scene of the movie where it actually did have me like kind of hit me in the feels i thought it was well acted i thought it was well done um when she sees dr green in limbo and they're talking and catching up and connecting and then he goes up the stairway to heaven mm-hmm. that was actually it that was a good you scene. know i was yeah. like oh I was, like, pleasantly surprised by how it actually did, like, you know, like, positively move me. And then it was immediately ruined by the terrible, terrible CG- CGI angel wings <laughs> on Dr. Green. They should have just faded him into the sky yeah. and not done that. Part. I laughed so hard. And then hard. it would have been perfect. I was, that was, yeah. it was the most <laughs> hilarious too. part of the movie. I loved it so much. Um, I have one last fun fact. So the tooth bank equated one baby tooth with one silver coin. In 1997, a silver coin was valued at $1. Currently, it's $25. I hope those kids hung on to those. Yeah, your teeth appreciate. That's it. Cool. Uh, final cool. final arguments? Uh... <laughs> 1997, Kirstie Alley, Aesthetics, That Kid from Little Giants. Uh, (laughs) That kid from Little Giants. Which kid was in Little Giants? Trevor, the precious boy. Um, Sit through. I think Bobby was the voice of TJ in Recess. Ooh, that's got to get you some. Bobby was also in Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, Yeah, he was the kid in that. Some other movie that I was like, oh, I think I've seen that. Uh, it was before Kirstie Alley was the way she is now. Um, okay, sit through ability. It's very short. Uh, it's very stupid in, laugh- in many laughable ways. 
There are some lines in which we just burst out laughing because of how dumb they were. Okay, the the good dentist, we talked about his his going to heaven scene. He was in a different movie. Yeah. He was acting and it was crazy and it was it was funny to me. Appropriate for children. What is not appropriate for children? The perviness. It is a little pervy. Yeah, the horniness. The pervy. The like intense bond she has with the child. Um, I don't think that's and and just like the general setup of the movie. It's it just is very not dark. Really, a kid's mo- not inherently for children. <laughs> I would say. Okay, I've 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 raised that score. Hold up. I'm not gonna worry about that one. Um, <laughs> Can we follow? Uh, that's it. That's it. That's all I got. Okay. I my nostalgia I have kept at it. So I. Okay. I am not changing my scores because I think they're pretty fair. I think that's fair. Holland, you're okay. not going to give me a little bit more for nostalgia? I really did not remember a lot of this movie, I gotta say. You know what? Maybe I'll bump it up a little bit just because, like, I do remember 1997, and it was nice to return to that moment in time a little bit, I guess. Yeah. I'm probably the only one here who does remember 1997. I was in, like, kindergarten. I remember things. It's fuzzy. It's um, the before times. Okay. So, nostalgia, I'll bump up to a three. Thank you. It was a two. Sit through, I've... I'm, I'm keeping it at a two. Sit through, I've also bumped up to a three from a two. I'm keeping mine at a seven. Because, like I said, the movie grew on me. Appropriate for children, I bumped up to an eight. I'm, I'm dinging it for those two things I just said. It was a six. And then, I'm assuming, Gray, you're keeping it at a nine. Or are you dinging it? Yeah. Okay. Hold up. I'm keeping it at a four. No, I'll keep it at a nine. I'm keeping mine at a six. And can we follow? I'm keeping it at a three. Yeah, I'm keeping mine <laughs> solid at a three. <laughs> yeah. That one could have even gone down, but. <laughs> Any bonus points? I will give a bonus point to the kid who couldn't see her at the sleepover. I genuinely enjoyed his work in that scene super (laughs) i am gonna give a bonus point i want to give two bonus points what yay pity points one for trevor because like i said i genuinely did really like all of his lines and two because i feel bad for snow day being ruined on my behalf (laughs) (laughs) well don't worry, Holland. There's still a chance that I will lose a point based on our fans. That's true. Guys, this movie was bad, so. Thank vote you, Gray. Vote I love you. You're my favorite brother. <laughs> so, with three bonus points, this movie comes out to a 51. Okay. That might be the lowest of the season. So, of the season, for sure. Um, Not overall. It is. It just. So. It just went below the tie of Never Been Kissed and Holiday in the Sun. <laughs> Out of 50. That was 53, right? Yeah, those two are 53. Um, it, it beat Jack Frost by one. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously it beat Grease 2, which is still our lowest at 48. Wow. Wow. All right, I'm closing in a little. I'm only... 44 points behind you now, Allegra. That's uncomfortably close. That's one good movie away. (laughs) And another really bad one for you. Maybe a couple bad ones for you and a couple good ones for me. I could, like, pull out. Yeah. We'll see. 
And honestly, Gray is probably going to get really close to you next week because we already know what his movie is. True. It's pretty good. Listen. But first, before we talk about it, Gray, do you have trivia for us? Much like how we are going from winter to spring, our competition is heating up. (laughs) That sounded almost like a RuPaul line, except it wasn't a pun. (laughs) Not really. Thank you. It kind of was a pun. Yeah, a little bit. I wonder if people can hear this engine running. All right, so this movie, uh, it's the first Disney Channel movie to be rated PG and to have foul language. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) gay. There's not really other, like, exciting trivia about this actual movie. Okay. Um, like, this like this is one of them where it's like, oh, no way. Um, <laughs> the scenes where Catherine is flying all over the world to retrieve missing baby teeth were shot on a green screen. No way! Kirstie Alley was then hung by a safety harness and wires to make it look like she could fly. <laughs> The wires were edited out, so it seemed like she knew how to fly. I li- wow. I like when they edit her doing cartwheels over the city. So. <laughs> Horrible. <was> very stupid. <laughs> wow. Thanks, IMDb um, Trivia. I never would have guessed. <laughs> wait. This was the last movie that Catherine Zaremba did. I don't know who that is, but after Toothless finished shooting, she retired from acting. That's how bad it was. I wonder so if that this, was the manager This movie lady? caused someone to never want to be <laughs> in a movie again. Oh, boy. Catherine Zaremba was Carrie. I just looked at Oh, up. the child? <laughs> yeah, the child. All right. Well, she did a good job, but maybe... Honestly, yeah, for the she best. she did do a good job. And I Child hope stardom is became, not a very great place. I hope she became not a plastic surgeon. Um, <laughs> As Kiersey Alley so, told her to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 97 is when Princess Diana died. R. It's R. when Wannabe by Spice Girls was like the number one oh, song. Also, uh, Kiersey Alley for sure had a ginger spice haircut and dye job it in this movie. So it looks so bad. Oh my God, the blonde The blonde, bangs. like, yeah. Oh my God, so bad. Yeah. But of the time. Um, Goodwill Hunting and Titanic were released this year, and I was born. Yeah. Gray came into this world. That's the most important trivia of all. <laughs> um, um, that's all right. a boot. It. So, as we um, mentioned. We are not polling. Right. Because I have already polled Napoleon Dynamite, and I will not, I will not ever. Give it up. Uh, would you, would you say it? you yeah. were never going to give it up? <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so at the end of Snow Day, we did choose Napoleon Dynamite for Gray, Fair, and Square out of the hat. So we're just, like, upholding that hat pull. So next week, we're watching Napoleon Dynamite. And I feel like, Gray, you're going to get pretty close to Allegra. I feel like you and Allegra are going to start to be neck and neck in scores after this. I'm just assuming. I think so also. Yeah. I hope you um, get Big Rock and Mountain I really so don't want bad. it. I really don't want it. I really don't want it. Um... <laughs> I haven't watched Napoleon Dynamite in a really long time, though. So I feel like I definitely had to take a break. A while because there was a time where I watched it frequently. (laughs) So, namely seventh grade, like when this came out. So yeah, I don't think I don't think there could be a higher nostalgia score for a movie than Napoleon Dynamite. I mean. 51st Dates, Shaun of the Dead, Mean Girls, and Home Alone all have 10s for nostalgia. Oh, and Shrek. 
But like, I think this is in that upper echelon of like, because these were, vi- yeah. this was a you know, very yeah. I think another one that I might in our, in our whole family. Another one I could list as a ten that I think is on the list. Anywho, would be like Bring It On, mm. or like Bend It Like Beckham for me as well. All right, well, that is all that we have for you guys today. Um, please follow us. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LatchkeySibs. If you want to email us, we're LatchkeySibs at gmail.com. Please especially follow us on Instagram and check every single Friday. Check our Instagram story so you can vote on the Defending Sibs score and you can decide if we get an extra point, if we lose a point, or if we just stay the same. So please look out for those every single Friday. Um, But yeah, that's all we got. Next week is Napoleon Dynamite and we'll... You'll hear us then. Goodbye. Goodbye.